Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fight School Dropout. We are a podcast about the rumblings and grumblings in the MMA world put on by a couple of fanboys. I'm your show host, Hubert Lim, and with me, as always, is my partner and co-host, Ned. Say what's up. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us in our inaugural podcast. Looking forward to uh, discussing uh, tonight's UFC fight in Boston. And uh, I guess we're jumping into the... uh, is it Yuri? Yuri Alcantara? Yeah, our first topic of conversation is tonight's podcast. Um, the, main, the main card on the Fox Sports 1 event tonight in Boston. Um, the first fight we're going to go to is the yeah, Yuri Alcantara fight versus Uriah Faber. Um, Ned, your thoughts on the fight today? Uh, I think it was one of the more entertaining fights of the night. Um, <clears throat> great first round especially. Um, Uriah started off a little over-aggressive, came out swinging. Uh, Came out with kind of a sloppy takedown and uh, got tossed on his back by Alcantara. And uh, I think Alcantara started off right in the uh, the uh, full mount there. Um, but it was a good back-and-forth match. A lot of uh, good submission attempts uh, by both fighters. But um, really, you know, rounds two and three, just all favor doing his, his bread and butter. Just did the ground and pound. A lot of punches, softened him up, really good with the elbows. So, so it was a good fight by uh, Uriah. Yeah, uh, Alcantara came out really strong. Uh, had him in trouble and like the first two and a half minutes of the first round. And then after that, Uriah survived and was all Uriah here, there on out. Just ground and pounds, just landing nasty elbows, just taking him down and just topside domination, you know. Um, that's pretty much it. Um, the next fight uh, that we're going to talk about is the uh, Travis Brown, Alistair Overeem fight. And wow, what a great finish to this fight. What do you Oof. think? What do you think of it, Ned? <clears throat> well, I was cheering for Overeem just because I uh... – Kind of liked where I, I saw him going. I wanted to see him back in a title picture and everything like that. But uh, Travis Brown had uh, other things to say about that. Um, I thought it was pretty much over when it got started. Um, you know, Overeem opened up and was just unleashing with, uh, you know, just a lot of uh, punches and knees against the cage. A lot of nasty knees. And actually, I think it might have seen a, a legal neither uh, to a ground opponent at one point but um yeah i I, I agree i think at some point i thought um he was just taking savage knees and for a second there i thought the ref was going to stop the fight and he just let it keep going and and then uh what a surprising finish you know like uh brown just landed a huge front kick to the chin of overeem and finished him off with a couple hammer fists at Mm -hmm. uh 408 in the first round and you know i could kind of see that coming because the the front kicks were just being thrown and Overeem was just kind of just taking him in the chest. I was like, "Whoa, that was one that almost hit him right on the chin." And then shortly thereafter was the one that really knocked him out. Yeah, but uh, I know that you thought that's it was a bit of an early stoppage um, by the ref after the couple of hammer fists. You, you thought he could could gone a little bit more. I think maybe just give it a few more seconds to give a more uh, decisive end. I mean, Overeem was pretty much out, but uh, you know they could just maybe. Few few more strikes just to kind of seal the deal, give some some more closure. But you know, like you said, he was he was throwing those those front kicks from from the get go, and especially once he survived that initial onslaught, when Overeem seemed to tire and slow down a little bit. Uh, you know, he's using that to really control the distance, and uh, yeah, that that front kick really made a big difference. Gotta wonder if he was also taught that by Steven Seagal. <laughs> probably, probably, probably learned it after watching Under Siege. And or maybe under a siege too. <laughs> and Alistair Overeem, just another disappointing performance by him. 
he came out great, looked great in the first uh, what first three four minutes of the round, just dominated Travis Brown with knees, vicious knees, and you know even had the advantage in the clinch. And yet again, another performance where maybe he got a little overconfident, maybe he got a little winded, um, similar, somewhat similar to his fight with Bigfoot when he just didn't take him seriously enough. Uh, what did you think about that? Um, I don't really think it was a matter of, um, in this case, taking uh, Travis Brown seriously. I think Overeem just gassed out after, um, you know, he tried putting him away. He was throwing a lot of, a lot, a lot of punches, knees, really threw the whole kitchen sink at him and just didn't, you know, manage to connect with uh, the right shots to put Brown away. Um, and I really saw it afterwards. He just seemed, uh, he seemed a little gassed out. Um, he still was keeping his hands high, but he just just was moving a lot slower and I think that uh you know he's just tired his reaction time was down and you know Brown landed that front kick and you know just proved it uh you know he's tough son of a gun the way he handled those uh those uh knees and punches from uh Overeem. yeah he took a beat down from him early on um I know you were rooting for Overeem to win this fight because you wanted him to be in the title picture because mm-hmm. of the lack of death but what about Travis Brown potentially being in this title hunt at heavyweight, the division seems, you know, is lacking a lot of depth right now. Travis Hunt is six and seven in his last, uh, six and one in his last seven fights in the UFC. That's not a bad record. And he just he just KO'd Gabe, Gabe Gonzaga and just knocked out Alistair Overeem. What do you think about that? Any potential there? Uh, I think there's a lot of potential, especially after um, Jiro Dos Santos and Cain Velasquez finished their uh, their trilogy. Um, seems like at this point Brown's in the best position to challenge uh, for the strap after the winner of that uh, that title fight. So I don't know who else he would really face in the interim, or if he would just kind of you know wait, um, just kind of wait on the wings of uh, the outcome of that fight. Yeah, it's in, I'd be interested to see what Dana White has to say about that, and who uh, would be the next contender after Kane Kane Dos Santos two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, and now for the main event. I know this is super disappointing for you, Ned, being a bit, huge Shogun fan. Uh, so Chael Sonnen locks in a guillotine choke <laughs> at 447 of the first round. Your thoughts on this fight? Uh, I was really excited about this matchup because uh, you know I'm a huge Shogun fan. I also enjoy watching Chael Sonnen fight, so seeing these two guys go at it, I was, I was really looking forward to it. Shogun has never really faced... Um, any uh, top wrestlers with with uh, that kind of problems? I mean, maybe going back to the Mark Coleman fight the first time, but you know that was kind of a freak accident the way he broke his arm back in Pride. But never saw him struggle with wrestlers. But really, right from the bell, Sonnen came out, no surprise, charged right at him, put him against the fence, and you know I think stuck that first takedown within 10 seconds. And um, really, other than uh, you know a quick scramble where Shogun at one point was on top. It was all sun, and he was uh, just looking really impressive. Um, you know, managed to maintain top control despite all of uh, Shogun's attempts at sweeps and uh, you know sweeps and uh, scrambles and stuff like that. And uh, really surprised me the way he um, sat down that uh, guillotine towards the, the end of the round. There, I thought um, Shogun, being a you know long-time black belt now in uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, would have been able to escape. But you know, he might have. Been a little off balance, caught off guard with that, and yeah, Sonnen just uh, slapped it on, squeezed it. He had he had the full full lock, you know. He had him. Yeah, I'm really surprised that uh, Shogun 
I thought he could have made more of an effort to try to escape. It looked like it was in pretty deep. Uh, Sonin locks it in from a, a from full guard, and Shogun doesn't really. Shogun tries to get out of it, but I thought. You know, like you said, there's only 13 seconds left in the round. But, I mean, obviously he could get choked out by then. But mm-hmm. maybe he had no concept of how much time was left and didn't feel like he could get out of it. But I thought he could have tried to make more of an effort. So now what? What's next for Shogun? Um, is there is he, you know, one more loss away from getting cut? He's 6-5 and five right now in the UFC. But he is a legend in the sport and he's still a popular fighter. But... I'm wondering what do you what do you think is next on for him on the horizon? Who do, who can he fight? Who will he fight next? Yeah, I think that's a big problem for uh, Shogun's future now at UFC. He's still a top level fighter. Um, big misstep tonight, but probably still a top level fighter. But guys in his position also don't usually get breaks anymore. You don't see a lot of guys getting tune up bouts in the UFC. It just isn't really something that seems to fit with their model. Um, so you know, I don't I can't really think offhand of who he would fight. I mean. He already passed on a fight with Glover Teixeira, and, uh, you know, Glover seems like he's on the up and up right now. Um, you know, maybe maybe somebody like Rashad, depending on what Rashad Evans' schedule is looking like, but, you know, Rashad was talking about going down to 185. Yeah. Um, Shogun, I mean, he is only 31 years old, but there is a lot of wear and tear. He had been fighting since he was really young, back to the days of his domination in pride. Um lot of like vicious fights that he went through one with that five round war with dan henderson and also the three round loss to john jones in which he pretty much just took a beating for three rounds Mm -hmm. um three long rounds (laughs) yeah i'm also wondering if you know his knees are an issue you know not being able to explode or move the way that he wants to and i don't know it seems like uh maybe he's lost his edge lost a bit of a step yeah it's uh it's tough to tell what they're going to do with Shogun in the future, but, you know, it's inconsistent performance, you know, hasn't really strung together many meaningful wins since he signed with the UFC a few years ago. Um, you know, it's, uh, outlook is not so good right now. Okay, well, let's move on to our next topic, just the fight overall, the fight card as a whole. What did, did you notice anything about any particular fighters, anything stand out to you? Also, any thoughts about the... The production by UFC on Fox Sports One. This is the debut of their new channel. What what were your thoughts about that? Um, I thought it was so. I thought the production was pretty good. They had a few weird uh, camera angles and shots. I think you and I were talking about um, the one uh, camera angle where when uh, the fighters were on the canvas on the ground, it seemed like it wasn't really looking like it was in, yeah, in real time. When they shot, they switched to the cage cam to try to give them a better angle. It seemed like it looked like a recorded version of the ultimate fighter. And I didn't like that because it was kind of confusing. They switched back and like, well, it looks live again. But when they mm-hmm. switched to that one camera angle, it didn't look like it. Um, I'm wondering if they just need better camera angles or I don't know if split cam is a good idea where you can see like, okay, he's here in this position on this side and then you can see the other version of it. But I don't know. UFC never seems to use that. So I'm wondering if that's a good idea or not. Yeah, it could be interesting if they do some kind of picture-in-picture picture type thing where they have, uh, yeah. you know, like the the main shot is maybe that kind of interesting angle they had, and then like a uh, smaller shot is uh, the live action from here here and there. But wasn't a big fan. But you know, the, luckily there, we never really had to deal with that view, and there's anything uh, significant going on. There wasn't ever any finishes or significant uh, progress made by fighters that I saw when we were checking yeah. out the view. So. 
Overall, I think the, the, the Fox production seemed pretty good. Um, you know, I was happy with it. Were you impressed by any of the fighters on the card or any of the fights that stood out? Um, definitely one fighter that stood out to me tonight was Conor McGregor. Um, he looked really good. Um, he had a real interesting stance. He actually had more of that uh, karate-style stance like you see with Lyoto Machida. Yeah. Um, a little more squared off and had the hands open, so it's really interesting. He um, seems like there's a lot of hype behind him, and I can see why. He looked really good uh, in his fight against Holloway. Um, never really seemed to catch any major damage, so he looked really good. And the really cool thing to me is, uh, you know, being an Irishman, he fought him, got the fight in Boston, and came out to draw kick Murphy. So I really hmm. think he uh, made his mark pretty well tonight. I think yeah. uh, of uh, a lot of the fighters on the cards, and he, I think he uh, gained a lot. Yeah, I thought uh, I myself was pretty impressed with uh, Michael Johnson, who was fighting Joe Lozon in his hometown, and pretty much just took him to school and just beat him down for. Three rounds. Uh, one judge had him winning the fight 30 to 25, which I thought was a little outrageous. But uh, just goes to show, like how dominant he was. Striking was very much improved. Wrestling was improved as as well. Lozon looked like he just didn't have an answer for him. Couldn't get him down to the ground. Yeah, Johnson really looked good from the start. He beat uh, he beat Joe to the punch um, from bell to bell. Um, really don't have a lot to say about the fight altogether, just because <laughs> it looked. Joe Lowe's, Joe Lazan for being such an entertaining fighter just put on a, a pretty unimpressive performance and he really choked in his own backyard. Yeah, definitely disappointing. Um, the most disappointing and the most disappointing fight of the night though was the John Doomsday Howard fight versus Uriah Hall. Um, the we each had the fight one round apiece going into the third round for each fighter and it seemed like there was like no sense of, a sense of urgency among either fighter to win the fight and lo and behold looks like you know John Howard pulls out the upset and Uriah kind of just let him have it you know let him take the fight away from him and pretty much yeah, just gave them the fight, and they look like way more content to like hug and kiss each other than they were to like actually fight each other. Yeah, there was um, an awkwardly high amount of um, sportsmanship and respect and affection in this fight, and it was a little confusing, especially in the third round when it was not really that clear who was going to walk away with the win. That fight was really disappointing. It was boring. There was some moments of entertainment with some flashy kicks and stuff thrown by Hall. Um, you know, a few flurries and, and scrambles here and there, but altogether, lackluster fight. Neither fighter really seemed to, to fight up to their ability, especially Hall, who showed some a lot of promise on his uh, appearance on the ult- on the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, um, that guy has so much talent and so much potential, and he just doesn't seem hungry. And like you said, like when he gets pressured during a fight, he kind of kind of gets scared, kind of backs folds. off. Yeah, he needs to get with, like you said. Um, a real camp, a real camp, and start training seriously. Like, that's just wasted potential right there. Like, he has so much physical gifts. He could definitely contend for the title. Definitely. And like you said, he has to – I think switching camps has to be the, the next move for this guy. I doubt he has a whole lot riding on his contract right now that he can just afford another another loss, especially in such unimpressive fashion. To an opponent that used to fight as a welterweight um, – this should have been his for the taking, and he didn't go for it. I think if he doesn't get with a team like Jax's MMA, um, and I mentioned that camp in particular not because of just the great training re- resources they have, 
but also in particular, Jackson MMA seems to really focus on the mental aspect of preparing their fighters. And I think he needs that more than anything because he wilted under pressure in his fight against Kevin Gastelum, and he did again with even less pressure from a fighter like John Howard, who's a respectable fighter with a lot of power, but it's kind of guy that Uriah Hall should have ro- like just run right over. And he He's definitely it. not on Uriah's level. John Howard took the fight on short notice, too, and Uriah kind of just let him come in and just take the fight, take the win away from him. I mean, I'm sure he's getting a show bonus, a, sh- uh, a paid amount to show and a paid amount to win, and usually the win amount is half of what you could make, so that's got to be a little disappointing. I think Uriah Hall needs to go back and look himself in the mirror and see what he really wants to do with his career, because... Sometimes I feel like he doesn't take it as seriously as he could. He has the potential to go all the way. Okay, well, moving on. Um, Ned, so any news, any crazy or, or exciting news going around in the world of MMA? What have you What have you been reading about in the blogs or the forums? Uh, well, I think the big story this week that stood out to me the most was uh, Jason Mayhem Miller ending, uh, ending up in jail again this week for an um, alleged uh, domestic dispute. It sounds like he had some kind of um, an altercation with a... I don't even know if she was ever re- referred to as his girlfriend, but... Some, some girl. Some some significant other, some lady in his life. Um, sounds like there was some... Sounded like it started over uh, her reading his, reading through his phone and seeing a text message she didn't like. Um, but bottom line is Mayhem was, uh, was in jail and expected back in court in something like 30 to 60 days. Um... This isn't, I think this is the second time in about a year that uh, Mayhem's been arrested. Um, the other time was uh, really odd, odd as in also yeah. last year. What, when what had, promotion is he fighting with? Is he with Bellator? Or I think he's he actually semi-retired right now yeah. is part of it. He um, Looks like his, maybe he should just go back to uh, beat down Bully because it seems like his fight career is done. Well, I don't even know how much of a, you know, really since things ended with UFC, it seems like, you know, he's been... Office rocked a little bit. He's never really been what I would consider yeah. to be a normal guy, but you, you know he's been kind of off his rocker for the last year, year and a half. Um, I can't imagine. Um, I think Bully Beatdown was with MTV. I can't imagine any major network wanting to sign somebody with this kinda, recent string of uh, arrests and stuff like that. And especially, it doesn't seem fitting that he'd be on Bully Beatdown yeah. after a domestic um, violence charge. When he beats down on women, definitely good point. Um, so. Well, that looks not so good for, yeah. for Mayhem. I hope he kind of gets back on track because he seems like a good guy who just just doesn't seem to have it together right now. Yeah. Well, in the other big news, Bellator announces that their first pay-per-view coming up uh, November 2nd featuring two over-the-hill guys who shouldn't even be <laughs> fighting anymore, Rampage Jackson versus Tito Ortiz. Your thoughts on this potential matchup? Um, I would have been moderately interested in this, like, you know, six or seven years ago. Um, I think that's an easy win for Rampage because Tito doesn't really seem to like, like getting punched. I think that's been, been the case for a while now. Um, how serious do you think Rampage would be though? He's, you know, pretty much he hasn't been fighting. I'd imagine he's got kind of a beer belly right now, out of shape, not really training. He seemed very burned out on MMA, and I think that's why he he even had been floating around the idea of um, boxing Roy Jones Jr. before this uh, Ortiz fight came came to fruition. Uh, I think he's just kind of burned out on MMA. It seems like he's never been a fan of um, the training and the grappling aspect anyways. Um, I, I just can't believe that they're trying to go through this pay-per-view route 
uh, Bellator, that is, and, and really compete with the UFC. I mean, this would have been a good solid fight for the UFC five or six years ago, but it definitely would not have been a headliner. It's not something that you would go out of your way to buy the pay-per-view for, even back then. Maybe it was a co-main event. Maybe it was the second, you know, second to last fight on the card. You mm-hmm. know, that would grab your attention just for extra incentive to buy a pay-per-view, but not as an actual headliner. And they're trying to headline with this fight. They got to be out of their minds. Yeah, and Ortiz making a statement like you know he's coming back to win a title. I mean, I don't know who this guy's kidding. I mean, he hasn't put together an impressive victory in a long time. He, I feel like his his win over Ryan Bader a while ago was a little bit of a fluke, even though it seems like Bader has a lot a lot to work on for his uh, guillotine defense. <laughs> yeah, isn't Tito Ortiz busy managing fighters and trying to deal with his porn star wife who has all kind of causing all kinds of legal issues with him? I would imagine maybe maybe he wants money. I don't know. Maybe he feels like he needs the paycheck or you know I. I don't even know if it's really a, a money thing. I mean, maybe he just kind of has that that feeling to get back in a cage. I mean, you know, I, I think he does run his own gym. So I think finance-wise, I think he's doing okay. I'm just surprised that he's getting back in there and fighting someone like Rampage who probably is going to lay a beat down on him. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Uh, we want to thank everyone who downloaded this podcast for listening to us. We really hope you enjoyed it. Thanks again, and catch us online at www.fightschooldropout.com where you can find more podcast episodes in the near future.